Hey, hon, you like spooky stuff? You know that I do. What about true crime? Yep. And urban legends, too? That, too. So you answered yes to all those. Why not go listen to the Hauntings, Homicide, and Hearsay podcast? It has all three? All three. Awesome. It's a husband and wife team covering USA's most gruesome murders, haunted locations, and urban legends. Easy listening, conversational podcast with plenty of shenanigans. That's the Hauntings, Homicide, and Hearsay podcast. You can find all their information on hhhpod.com. All right, what's up, goreheads, and welcome to another episode of the Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. And as always, I have my beautiful wife with me, Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) And as you might be able to tell, we're going to sprinkle some sound bites and sound clips in here every once in a while, because that's just how we roll. Gee, who got a new toy? (laughs) (laughs) We did. We did get a new toy. Um, So, yeah, in this episode, we are actually covering uh, 19... Man, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. 1989's Pet Cemetery, And unbeknownst to myself, um, Nancy has an icebreaker this week. So go ahead and hit me with it. Okay, well, I'm going to be very specific because I actually looked it up after I came up with the idea. <laughs> okay. So right. you can like generalize it um, with the categories that you'll see All when right. I so, explain it. But. So I'm not going to be allowed to cheat the system like you did with mine? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it actually was a really good regular one, but then I started like, I started like getting into like, maybe I should look this up and, and just see. Okay. So, okay. Would you rather have your head like a, a bucket of <laughs> funnel web spiders or death stalker scorpions dumped on your head. Jesus. Um I can't do spiders. I cannot do spiders. And for anybody that's listening, you can always just say spiders, like poisonous spiders or poisonous scorpions, like I can't I can't do spiders. I hate spiders. Absolutely hate spiders. And then what was the other one? Death head scorpions or Death, Death Stalker Scorpion. Death Stalker Scorpion. Okay. Am I trapped? Let's say you were doing the um what is that show? Fear Factor? Fear Factor. And you had your head up in, in the cage and they poured a bucket something on you. Oh man. Um I can't do spiders cannot do spiders so i would have to go with the scorpions mm-hmm. it, um yeah give me the scorpions i spiders i can't do i would choose scorpions too because i think i don't know man i know there's six i i don't do anything with more than four legs um wait could you define doing anything <laughs> <laughs> I, I am more than definitely not a fan of anything with more than four legs. I can do, I, I can, I, I enjoy <laughs> cats. I enjoy dogs. But if it has more as than pets. four legs as pets, I, I hate it. There's no bestiality here. Yeah. I, yeah. Keep the spiders away from me. But if I had to choose between scorpions and spiders, I would much rather have scorpions than spiders. So for sure. I'm, yeah. Picking the scorpions. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would hate it, but I think I could manage it better than spiders. I don't do spiders. All right, I feel the same way. <laughs> Even regular spiders are gross. I'd probably actually choose like a poisonous scorpion over a regular spider. Yeah, the only kind of spider I'll deal with, and it's not even a spider, is one of those daddy long legs, or what we call daddy long legs, but I don't. And, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that love bugs. I have nothing against those people, except that they're freaks, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like the consensus is that these insects will only attack if they feel, yeah. 
Maybe. I mean, tarantulas are all supposed to be poisonous. I Okay. I think I could maybe do like a pet tarantula. Like it would kind of squeeze me, or what's the word I'm looking for? It would skeeve? Skeeve, skeeve me out a little bit. But I think if it was a pet, like I could maybe hold it in my hand. From but, what I know, it's the um, hairs on a tarantula. They do have like little barbs on yeah, them. Yeah, those I think. are the poisonous. Yeah, but like, yeah, dumped on my head. Fuck uh, that! I would no, definitely not. Want. Those are pretty heavy. You'd, you'd feel the thump of each one of them. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> what was the kind of spider? Um, a funnel web, which is like one of. Okay. Like a really yeah, for sure. Thing. No, no way. Not, not a and I don't have now. visuals for that, but I can only imagine. I yeah no so yeah we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> all right, that was a good. Would you rather? Uh, yeah, like I said, Nancy. When we were just rewatching the movie, and she said, "Hey, are we doing an icebreaker?" And I said, "Yeah, I got a good one for you." She's like, "Oh no, I got one for you." So I was like, <laughs> I was a little turned on. Um, <laughs> So, um, as we said, we are redoing uh, the original Pet Cemetery from 1989. Um, and hopefully, we do sound a little bit better. We did get some cheap, better sound equipment, actual mics, but it's not splinking. <laughs> All right. So, um, pause. Oh, I forgot where we were at. So, yeah, we. Re- we watched um 1989's pet cemetery and nancy was telling me a story (laughs) well we'll get into that later but this movie freaks nancy out Mm -hmm. big time because of a couple key scenes and (laughs) i laughed my butt off through it through the whole thing because it doesn't bother me so (laughs) <laughs> oh, now you're going to have a nightmare that scares you. I have nightmares, but yeah, I, don't, I don't remember them. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So when did you first see this movie? I saw this movie, it was probably 1990. What would it probably have been? Yeah. So um, you saw it right, almost right as it came out. Yeah, it was, it was pretty new. And it is a freaky movie. You don't understand how freaky it is, though. Like, the deep side of the freakiness until you're a parent. Okay. I understand the scene you're talking about. Okay. But what about the other scene that freaked you out? The scene with Zelda. Yeah. And right. that just, like, it still, like, freaks the ever-loving shit out of me. Does it remind you of somebody? No, it just, because... Back when you when I watched it, I know now because of course we have IMDb, but I didn't know when I watched it originally <laughs> that it was a man playing a you, woman. You didn't know until we watched it on Saturday that it was a dude. Well, I always, I mean, I just, I guess I just didn't investigate it, but you were too freaked out. But the <laughs> fact that they used this, I mean, Stephen King, I don't know how much he had to do with the actual like screenplay, right? I mean, he did a cameo in the movie and everything, but I don't know right. how much he had to do as far as, like, the directing or... I'm going to hold you right there. Did you know that Stephen King has, uh, I don't know what you would call it, it's like a... He, if he writes a story and the rights have not been picked up, you can buy the rights to his story if you're, like, a legitimate filmmaker for only a dollar and make a movie based on his stories. Like residuals? Not necessarily residuals, not necessarily residuals, but you can buy the rights to his story to make a film about his story or short story for only a dollar. So if if you and I were filmmakers and he wrote a story and we're like, "Oh man, I think we could make a movie about that like you know, kick-ass thing." And it would only cost us a dollar. Well, see, that would that's cool. I mean, that's good. It shouldn't be all about the money. I right. think he just wants to get his... He wants to get his stories out there. Right. And but, that, that's I mean, what a true artist cares about. Not like Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> the Napster thing, it'll never, I'll never get past it. I, I, 
I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, so he has a thing where you can actually, yeah, for $1, you can buy the rights to his story and make a movie of it. Hmm. And then I think there's also part of the clause that says um, you can't, there, well, there's something about money. Um, if the movie makes money, he gets a cut of it, but you still get the rights to the movie. For That's $1. very, very smart. That yeah. would be, I mean, I don't know how he's was able to swing that but that was that's pretty good yeah good lawyers <laughs> so but um yeah so this he has is, corgis does he have corgis yeah that's that's his pet we have that's corgis he has two corgis oh that's cool i didn't know that yeah so yeah the movie that we watched was again 1989's pet cemeteries has a 6.5 on imdb and it's one of those movies that is very annoying because the character character there's only two characters in the movie that don't drive me nuts and that's Judd and Gage uh, basically because I mean well sometimes that is better and I played with mommy and we had an awful good time awful <laughs> so I think that it's a good movie and I think that maybe people don't appreciate <laughs> so I, I feel like it was a good movie but people don't appreciate like the talent of Stephen King, even back in the day, I mean, now it would be all like that. That story is awesome. I mean, just because it would hit so many like chords now. One thing that people always say about Stephen King, though, is that he can never finish a story. But I feel like this one is finished. It well, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say if if you were gonna do an original movie off of the book like this one, right? I think in this day and age, if that one was made today it would have done a lot more it would have been a lot more successful than the remake of it i just think that puritans stephen king puritans that are you know they appreciate like the original right and without all the like hollywoodisms like it i mean it it the original is better i like the original I, yeah i well that's a tough call because I definitely like the original Pet Cemetery better than the remake of Pet Cemetery, but I think because it had grit. This one here, yeah, it it did. I think. and you can't help but think that a like a remake is riding on the coattails of the original. Well, it definitely is, and they're trying to outdo the last performance. But I think in doing that, they kind of. Overstep their yeah, I, I don't understand why they would have to remake it because the original did the job. See, now we're gonna have to watch the remake. Yeah, well, I was thinking that when we were watching. <laughs> Maybe we'll do so, a, like a, a follow up to this episode with the remake. <laughs> I didn't like the remake as much. Well, because it, you I mean, like the original. It's hard to redo there, and we've talked about this like way back in some of our other episodes but like the new maniac versus the original maniac um and then like the new dawn of the dead and the new hills have eyes we love the remakes of all three of those movies and well the remake of evil dead remake of uh texas chainsaw massacre the first one with uh, jessica beale yeah jessica beale although i wouldn't say that i loved them i would say the originals have all been better than the than the remake. In fact, I think most people agree with that because I don't know on Facebook. I think I remember seeing that the only movie franchise in which the sequel was better than the original, and mm-hmm. this is a sequel. I know we're talking about sequels and remakes; they're not the same thing. But was The Godfather, and I've never seen The Godfather, but uh, apparently Uh, Godfather Part 2 was better than the original. Godfather Part 2 is better than the original is is something that I've heard too, but I've actually never seen any of them myself. I know that they want to make a deal with you, or I get to make you a free kill. And I think (laughs) that a movie that, that spawns a thousand impersonations. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there, <laughs> because I know specifically because I've listened to 
our old podcast episode that you liked the remakes on The Hills Have Eyes of Dawn of the Dead better than the original. Well, that's because I saw the remakes before the original, just to be fair. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that does make sense. That, yeah, that's fair. Okay. I get that. I get that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that does totally make sense. And the originals usually and, have, like, well, in this movie, it has practical effects instead of, like... I don't like digital. Well, yeah. Well, we talked about that during Sons of Anarchy. Any, like, the blood and all that. Like, how much more could it have cost to put fake blood on the road than to have, like, a, digital, a CGI? Yeah. <laughs> Blood any, stain. Any self-respecting horror fan will like practical effects yeah. over digital effects, and that's usually the like the uh, the one like driving factor of what an opinion between an original and a remake for me is right. practical effects versus CGI because you can do anything with CGI. That's right. not talent. I mean, you get people that are like, <laughs> sorry. I know one specific listener that's a, a graphic artist. Which no, I mean exactly graphic. That's that's great and everything, <laughs> but with the number of graphic artists today, yeah, compared to the number of practical um, makeup artists right. back in the day, right? I mean, well, that's like CJ. I mean he he does the um, practical effects, and I tried it, failed miserably. <laughs> okay, so you understand. You went to school for graphic arts for a while. Right. And it's just, it's an easy way out. So, yeah. It's a cop out, I feel. Right. Okay. Like, if you, can make, if you can make a death scene look real and scary. Well, you can tell because it's, I mean, like, like you said, Sons of Anarchy, when they use the digital blood, you can see, like, it fades off. Instead of just stopping. Yeah, you don't even like, have to be like normal. a film connoisseur to recognize that. Right. So, I, yeah, I mean, totally 100% practical over. They do the same thing in Breaking Bad. Um, they, yeah, they do in a couple spots. Yeah. Of course, they're both that. No, I think one was FX and one was, I think Breaking Bad was AMC and FX was, I think AMC was Walking Dead. They do it in The Walking Dead with digital did. effects. They did all three. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. so. I could be wrong. We're not here to talk about those movies. We're here to talk about, or those TV shows. We're all here right. to talk about Pet Cemetery. Back, getting back into the nitty gritty here. <laughs> <laughs> Quit going off on tangents. You brought it up. <laughs> you know, one thing I will say with the little bit of feedback that I've got from people that listen to the show is that they they definitely love the back and forth and the chitter chatter with the you know with you and i and um i know well your sister specifically Joni, um she listens to all the new episodes uh and the old apparently she falls asleep to them and i'm not sure if that's a compliment or if that's i think a... <laughs> it's sweet i think it's like well i mean we used to be pretty close with Joni. Mm-hmm. And I think that just because she lives a busy life, we live a busy busy life. It's just kind of like a a reminiscent a connection. Yeah, we used to hang out with them with, with her all the time. And when we're like old AF, and <laughs> we don't have to worry about jobs and forty hours a week and kids and forty hours. Yeah. <laughs> We are. We live a very time-consumed life. We have a lot of kids, and we have new puppies yeah, again. Puppies and kids and jobs and clock is ticking. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is nice to know that. I mean, it is nice to know that I have a connection yeah. with you know someone beyond my twin sister, which I don't even think Noreen listens to these. She likes all the posts on Instagram. I know that. Well, she does that. And I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you're out there, I know she's busy too. I mean. Oh yeah, she's got three kids in school, and she's working a full time job, and she's got a husband that's a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, Jason. No, he's not. Sorry, Lumpy. He's 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 not a butthole. We love you as a brother. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't even want to talk about the movie. I'm just having fun right now. <laughs> screwing around with you, talking with you. Um, okay, but we'll cover the movie. So anyway, the movie starts out and you're getting the pet cemetery view and you're looking at all the old kids tomb or kids, all the animals tombstones, looking over their graves, finding out who or what passed away, spot and speck and you know, burgle flickle and can I just inter interject here? You always may. <laughs> I never realized I guess it, it wouldn't have occurred to me, and there would be no reason for it to have occurred to me. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the pet cemetery house is very similar to our house. You think so? I think so. I mean, the inside, obviously, the decorating is totally different because they have no talent, they're no class. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but Rachel Williams, a bitch. The outside. It does look similar. Yeah, well, they got similar. like. It, uh, because they moved from Chicago to, obviously, Maine or Maryland or somewhere up there. It's, I think um, Massachusetts, because she landed in the Boston airport. airport. Okay. So, okay. So, okay. Maryland, Maine, Massachusetts. Um, New England. New England. And so, but it's like a country. Uh, a rural. A rural, rural country uh, house. Almost like a farmhouse. Because they got. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. I got some property around them. Um, and then, you know, the the uh, housekeeper, Missy. Uh, I can't think of her accent now. Um, Typical no. Massachusetts. Yeah. No better. No worse. <laughs> uh, of course, Judd talks the same way. Maybe that's a better way. But anyway, so, yeah, so the Crandalls. No, the Creeds. Where did I get the Crandalls from? Judd Crandall. Judd Crandall. Yeah, the Creeds, uh, they moved from Chicago to the New England area, as my lovely wife said. Oh, snap. (laughs) Yeah, my lovely wife said. (laughs) I'm just going to put these in anywhere. Some little sound effects. Um, So they moved from the New England, or to the New England area, and there's Lewis Creed, Ellie Creed, Rachel Creed, and Gage Creed. And they move into the new home. And then um, it's funny because they 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 don't necessarily know about the uh, pet cemetery at first, but they are well, they going, don't not they don't know about well it. they don't yeah not necessarily but they don't know about the pet cemetery until Judd takes uh, them yeah Judd takes them and they so they go to the pet cemetery and judd is telling stories about his dogs and family dogs and stuff like that and how cemeteries are not not uh scary or bad things well the dead speak he just says it's just a time for of course the the horrible acting god the daughter so bad the daughter ellie creed but fred gwynn i'm sorry they couldn't have chosen somebody better for that role now, do you like Fred Gwynn better or John Lithgow from the new one better? Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. I like Fred Gwynn in this. We watched my my cousin Vinny. He was just awesome. I mean, he just the two. What? You can tell that. I mean, you can tell he's got like good acting yeah. chops. Herman Munster. Yeah. But yeah, so um, that's one of the reasons why this the original scared me so bad. Just because of him, but yeah, he was I mean, nice. But he's serious though. Well, he is serious. Like, when you watch a movie with him, you're like, this movie must be really important if he's in it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because he, he's, I just think that he's just, like, a super good actor. Well, was. But... Was, yeah. But, no, he's one of those guys, like, he, it's almost like he could be your grandpa, but he could also be, like, the spooky guy from down the road that, yeah. like, get off my well, lawn and stay And that's probably because... When he was Herman Munster, he was a lovable character that... Yeah. Because they had reruns of that, like, all the time when we were little. That makes sense. We watched Munsters all the time, and he was just, like, this, like, lovable, big, pseudo-Frankenstein character, mm-hmm. and he was funny. And then to see him, the first time since that is when I saw him in Pet Cemetery. it was like... That made it even all the more creepy. 
I got bleeped by somebody. Um, no, I I like him better than John Lithgow. John Lithgow's a good actor. I mean, he was uh, the Trinity Killer from. I think that was his his shining role. I think, but um, and then well, what about uh, what Harry and the Hendersons? He was good in that. He's all right, but I mean, you didn't like him in Harry and the Hendersons. No, I think he was. I think he was all right. Yeah. I mean, just like Terms of Endearment, I think he was all right. But <laughs> as the Trinity Killer, he kicked ass. I, yeah. Although I liked it season after him. But, I, but that's what I feel like they were kind of riding on the coattails of Trinity Killer when they cast him for the Pet Cemetery remake. And it's kind of like, why don't you just let sleeping dogs lie? <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Well, yeah, we're going to definitely have to watch that after we get done recording this. But, um, so let's see. So Judd takes the, the creeds to the Pet Cemetery. Like in a morbid family picnic. Yeah. <laughs> they bring a bunch of shit with them. Well, this is where you first notice that Rachel is a Karen before there were Karens. Because Judd is talking about the dead dogs mm-hmm. or the dead pets. And Rachel gets all bent out of shape because she's like, Oh, I, you know, I don't want my kids knowing about death. And, and what the hell was up with the... It says Pet cemetery. It's misspelled, but that's what it says. Yeah. Who cares? Well, because they're like... The, it's a daughter of a doctor. She's going to know how cemetery is spelled. Well, like, I mean, not even that, but like, she was like, I, I don't know. She was just a Karen before there were Karens. Yeah. And like, okay, I get that you don't like death. All right. I get that. But you don't have to... But why does she not like death? She was wanting her older sister to die. She's a cunt. <laughs> it, I guess. I guess the the backstory doesn't really line up with the plot because, given her her past of knowing that her sister died of spinal meningitis, her right. sister was freaky and it, it was a horrible disease. Right. You would think that she would come to terms, like come to peace with the idea of death. Right. Well, because you think so, you're no yeah. longer in pain, right. and that's not how she is at all. Right. I get that. I don't know. She just doesn't like death. And it's, I mean, it's kind of explained, but it's not really explained because she, she, like, I don't know. Her sister, Zelda, yeah, had uh, spinal meningitis and she's, hey, she's all tweaked out of shape and, you know, bent out of shape or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, but it's never, and, and the sister died at home. That's another thing. I hate to, I don't want to cut you off. Break me off. Cut me off. But spinal meningitis, and we looked this up when we were watching it, um, it's a virus that you catch. Oh, damn puke. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) And they kind of make it look like in the movie that it's something that she was born with and, like, dealt with for a long time. And that's not the case. Like, in reality, it's a virus that you get, and it's very, you know, um, it consumes, it consumes you. Mm-hmm. And there's really no way out. I mean, if you don't have any, like, the right kind of treatment, it's just, like, a very quick and, like, painful death. From what I know, from what I've read about it. Right. But in the movie, they make it look like she caught it or didn't catch it, that she just had it. And it would be very unlikely that it was one sibling that had it and then lived until she was old enough to be the age of Zelda, which it looked like she was probably in her 20s. <laughs> Well, it's hard to tell, yeah, but she was tell, a, she was an adult. She because it was a yeah. dude in, in makeup. I just feel like which I okay. I'm gonna say this, but like there was no way to tell that that was actually a guy in makeup. Whoever did the makeup effects for this movie did a really good did job. Did you read the only, IMDb? No, but why he was cast? No. They couldn't, when they were doing the casting for the movie, they couldn't find a woman that was skinny enough to play the role of somebody that had spinal meningitis. Well, that's just sexist. <laughs> I won't stand for that. But again, I mean, it's it's like, why didn't they choose something like... <sighs> spina bifida. I mean, it could be like, there are a lot of diseases she could have had, but spinal meningitis, I'm just not sure where he was going with that. Hydrocephalus. <sighs> well, <laughs> I guess... 
elephantitis. I guess as morbid as it seems, they should have chose like leukemia. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that that made sense. But this movie kind of had people afraid of spinal meningitis, and it's like, that's a virus that you can catch, and you can avoid catching. And I don't know, it just did not resonate to me. (laughs) Did not resonate to me as something that that made sense. But I don't know, that's just my opinion. Just an opinion. I just, I mean, I feel like if, if it's like a chronic illness. Nice. Wow. Sorry, I'm trying to get your levels right. Go ahead. I just feel like if, if she was dying of a chronic illness. Okay. And there are so many to choose from, maybe something different would have been more believable. AIDS. I don't know. That wouldn't have. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, there are things like... Carcinoma. Again. All right, I'll shut up. (laughs) In my opinion, spinal meningitis would fall right under that category of, like, the likelihood of it happening. Is rare. Yeah. And if she did have it, she would be inpatient in a hospital. Okay, but would spinal meningitis make a person, like, all shriveled up and skinny and... I don't think... I think Stephen King was probably looking for a disease or a virus that would make a person, like, yeah, really super shriveled. Men- and, or, yeah, like, physically degrading, like... Com- yeah. But... Something that something that somebody would last a while yeah, on... Yeah, that eats you alive. With, but basically shrivels you up into nothing. But see, and I know it was, it was what, 89? And maybe right. medical technology had not advanced to that point yet, but... Well, he... The movie was made in 89. I don't know when he wrote the book. So, I guess my only beef is that a serious viral illness like spinal meningitis would not be something where they send you and your daughter home and then you put the daughter in the back room and just take care of her until she dies. No. I think that even in 1989, they would have they would have had her stay at the hospital and be an inpatient. I would certainly think so. I would certainly hope so because putting that pressure on, uh, uh, I could be wrong. I, I haven't done a lot of research on meningitis. There's, there's viral and there's bacterial. Right. Well, we've known, uh, or gone to school with people who have contracted viral meningitis. Bacterial is bad. That's the one where right. you, you like rough all the time and. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, and we know it's it's not too common anymore. Obviously, right. I mean, my wife is an epidemiologist, and she's learning as we go. No, I've already graduated, so I'm supposed to know this shit. I know, but you're an epidemiologist, so this is you're learning as you go. But your study isn't in epi or not in epi. Your study isn't in says, is there a vaccine for viral meningitis? There is no vaccines to protect against the viruses that most commonly cause viral meningitis. Some vaccines can protect you against diseases such as measles, mumps, chickenpox, influenza, which can lead to viral meningitis. Okay, so there is, I guess, I guess the vaccine is against bacterial meningitis. So actually, and don't include this either, but that would make more sense if she caught something that made her, that turned into viral meningitis. Uh-huh. And that would be more of like a chronic condition where. Creed and Rachel fight about Ellie, or about Church getting Wait, his. You, say, nut- you said Creed again. Like Lewis, or did, I son. wrote Creed, sorry. I don't know why I wrote Creed. Because you like The Office. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis and Rachel fight about Church, the cat getting his nuts cut um, because, you know, obviously Lewis is a doctor and Rachel is concerned about what if the cat dies, who's going to tell. They live on a busy road and there was a high likelihood that the cat could get killed by one of the fast driving semis going down that road. Right. And um, you'd think at some point that somebody would put up a sign like, you know, slow Slow children at play. Yeah. 
or you know like deaf child in area or anything because these semis come hauling ass through this little stretch of road that's and kind I of know, like mason road and I, I mean i know it plays into the story but like man i don't know i would not pick a house that people live or people like semi drivers drove yeah. through that area not if you have small children right or pets so okay now have we even talked about the movie oh <laughs> <laughs> I was just um, thinking about um, a church, Winston Churchill, who church, the cat was named after. Right. Male cat. Mm-hmm. With what male cats do with the spring all over a house, why would it not already be fixed? I mean, uh, a doctor's house, you know what's going to be like. Probably because Rachel's a bitch and doesn't want him getting fixed. I guess. It just seems to me like something that you would I, naturally do with a male cat. I don't like I don't like the daughter. I don't like the husband. There's only five characters in the whole damn movie. Well, six if you count Missy. Missy. At seven if you count Pascal. Paxal, as the daughter calls. I don't know. There's only, like, yeah, Creed and Gage. No, Judd and Gage. Well, that is a heavy, like, uh, a heavy thing to undertake carrying mm-hmm. a movie with that few number of people in it right so i'm not sure that they chose the best person to play lewis given that he didn't have like a whole lot of he was elvis that's it like you said yeah and i, that, uh-huh. I think i was gonna make this uh-huh. point earlier uh-huh. if uh-huh. they were gonna uh-huh. make a movie uh-huh. based off a, C- a stephen king book now uh-huh. it would be like big people right well they did yeah john lithgow right john lithgow yeah I don't even remember who the wife was for that. (laughs) That stupid soundboard is stupid. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Pascal, who he gets smacked by, was it a bus or a truck? I don't know what they say. I just said he got hit by a truck. He got hit by something. Half his brain is leaking out, and he comes to... Uh, Lewis at the hospital. I guess he's like a college, or was he was he a campus doctor or was he a Lewis? Yeah, I'm. Pre- I think like you know how University of Michigan has doctors in residency. Uh, maybe that was it. I don't know. If you're yeah. a college doctor, well, think... either you're going to be teaching or you're going to be in a residency. Well, he was already a doctor in Chicago. So I think he was the town doctor, but wasn't he working at a college? Yeah, he was working at a college where they just moved. Right. Um, which he must have been an instructor is all I can think because, like, like I said, U of M, you have doctors that are instructors and doctors that are residents, and that's right. U of M is just it's it's a school, it's a research hospital. School. I guess they never really, and they probably didn't like specify that just because not many people, I would think, had even a first school. Oh, yeah. That's a mystery. (laughs) Damn sound effect. Well, U of M is kind of like you get the main guy, Mm -hmm. the main doctor. Then he has a team, and we experience this because we've had kids that were at U of M Mott. Yeah, and CJ. they bring in their students and say, this is what's going on with... Yeah, do you mind if this yeah, person comes do in? Do you mind if we have some residents come in and just kind of... Eyeball the situation or... Or internist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, people die, and the movie ends. That's the show for you, folks. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Pa- Pascal dies. And then, so after he dies, he actually takes Lewis to the pet cemetery. And he says, the soil of a man's heart is stonier. Don't go past the barrier. Um, and that's our first, that's our first glimpse into. Uh, that should have been the first warning sign. 
Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if, if it's it goes a horror to... movie, so they're going to go against the uh, advice of. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. So, Judd then, or now it's Thanksgiving. Judd. Uh, okay. Everybody but Lewis goes to their parents' house. So Ellie, Gage, and Rachel all go to Mm-mm. her. Huh. Yeah. yeah you're right. Go ahead. Yeah. Ellie, Lewis, and Gage, or Ellie, Rachel. Gage, I'll go to her parents because apparently there's bad blood between um, Rachel's dad and uh, Lewis. Yeah, apparently Rachel's dad, who put his daughter that was dying of Rachel of uh, viral meningitis into a back room, didn't respect the doctor right. that his daughter married. I don't know. The father-in-law is a, a another dick. Yeah, huge so, dick. Um, so. <sighs> Lewis stays home, um, and then Judd calls him, says that uh, they may have a problem because uh, Church, the cat, was apparently hit by a semi driving down the road, and um, he's dead. So Lewis goes over, picks up the cat, and I, I do like the way they like made the like like sound pulling him off of mm-hmm. the like frozen ground or frosty ground. And this is where you get the first, maybe there's a better way. And I'll have that clip. Um, but so, and and then Judd at this point starts talking about how, uh, you know, like instead of burying the cat in the pet cemetery, maybe we can take him past the pet cemetery to the uh, Micmac. That was an eBay notification. eBay. So maybe they can take him past the pet cemetery to the Micmac burial ground. Where yep. he knows that it's wrong. Magical things have happened. And that the ground is sour. The ground is sour. But I guess he figures that if he goes and and tells Lewis to bury the cat there, the cat will still be alive. It'll be evil. Right. But Apparently, the idea of an evil cat is better than the idea of a cat that died. Correct. And she was worried about that. Right. Which would have, uh, I Ellie. mean, if, if you know that your your child is like paranoid about their pet dying, and of course they go out of town one time, the do- the cat dies. Okay, but every every kid is worried. Well, I mean, right now, yeah. Uh, Ashlyn is worried because uh, Spanky, Ratcat, is missing. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but I know the cat's going to turn up. But every, every... You hate to say that? No, I hate, I hate to say that the cat's missing. Oh. Sorry. I hate to say that the cat is missing, but I'm... There's got to be like a 95% probability that the cat is going to turn up here very shortly. Um, that just... You know, it's one of those things. But, so, every kid is going to be worried about their pet. Especially, you know, because Ellie is only, what, like, six, five, six? Yeah, around Um, And, you know, Church has been their cat for quite a while. So, better way, Judd takes, yeah, Judd takes Creed. Church is back now. So You just said Creed again. Did I say Creed? (laughs) Did I write Creed? Oh, I did. I wrote Creed. I don't know why I thought it. (laughs) Creed. <laughs> um, so Judd takes Lewis to the Micmac burial ground, and then the very next day, uh, Church comes back, and of course he stinks. He's all like feral, and he's you know, uh, what do you call it? when a cat like pisses, and you know, and just he's acting like a, a, a total evil. yeah, an evil cat. Um, and then man. We are 53 minutes into this movie and we're not even... Ha- <laughs> 53 minutes into the podcast and we're not even halfway through the movie. Um, so Church is back. <laughs> Missy hangs herself. And Missy was the housekeeper. I think we mentioned that. but um, I, Yeah, she brought laundry clear. over. Like, why the hell can't Rachel... She doesn't have a job. Why isn't she doing laundry for two kids and one husband? Two kids, one husband, and a wife. Yeah, it's a family of four. Yeah. You know, but I mean, he is a doctor, so, you know, but whatever. But not so, good enough, according to Rachel's parents. Well, 
Oh, I don't know. Total twat. <laughs> um, and this is where Zelda now makes her debut. And now, Han, please share your experiences with Zelda because I know you don't like her. What do you mean, share my experiences? Why don't you like Zelda? Because she's freaky. Freaky how? That's it? Just freaky? Freaky, pale, bony, has a low voice, has like a <laughs> a Civil War era gown on. Nancy used to have nightmares about Zelda's sister. I don't, in springy hair, I think all you gotta do is take one look at her and be all like, that's somebody that's gonna haunt my brain. She's gonna have nightmares about Zelda tonight. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. when you adulted for a while. There's a lot worse things than a horror character in a movie. When I, when I adulted. When a person has adulted for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're like now my. Oh, you, you mean like Gage getting smacked by a semi? Wow. Yeah, that's bad. But <laughs> when you're an adult and you have nightmares, it's usually about like your coworkers. Finding out something embarrassing about you, or like dreaming. that we have a horror podcast. <laughs> dreaming <laughs> like you were back in high school. Back in high school, and you can't remember your schedule or your locker combination. Yeah. I went to school naked. Yeah, I mine's not naked though. My dreams are that I am back in school and I'm wearing shorts or a skirt with no pantyhose or tights, and my legs are hairy. I thought you were going to say no underwear. Like, hmm? <laughs> I thought you were going to say no underwear. Oh. Like, <laughs> that wouldn't have been me in high school at all. <laughs> but I did walk all the way from the field house to the upper floor in the high school with my skirt hugged up underneath my <laughs> pantyhose. And only after I came up to the top of the stairs at the second floor of the high school did somebody say, oh, hey, you've been walking with your shirt or your skirt hugged up underneath Gee, thanks for mate. For, yeah. Thanks for letting me know after five fucking minutes. Uh, so okay, we were, we were like that. What happened? Oh no, is that where it was when? Uh, <laughs> what was it? I told you that I walked from the shuttle bus to the inside of the building, and I had a sock stuck to my <laughs> my coat pocket. <laughs> That's a huge difference. Well, it's still embarrassing. I mean, it was a very noticeable sock. And not once. I had the shuttle bus driver. I had the person that is at the front desk when I go to work. I had people, you know, it it should have been, somebody should have said something. I think so. I got to pee. I'm going to pause this and go pee. Oh, it hurts to look forward. And we're back. I know Nancy was like when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're back, baby. <laughs> the sound effects are so dumb. <laughs> oh, I snorted. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effect doesn't even apply. I don't... <laughs> it was fun though, wasn't it? <laughs> So you do uh, understand that nobody's graduating. Office <laughs> quote. <laughs> At this point, uh, Gage flies a kite for a brief while, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was mentioning to Nancy that I don't know which part or or which yelling I find more annoying. The uh, the father Lewis Creed yelling no 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 when Gage gets hit by gets hit by the semi or the woman from the movie pieces yelling bastard 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 <laughs> three times uh when they find the dead body but uh, i think it's very comparable to both it is very annoying but do you understand the profoundness of that scene because judd says that i introduced you to the power which implies well he says that afterwards well yeah but that implies that Judd feels like Lewis did not watch his son close enough because he knew that if his son died, he could take him to the pet cemetery. I, 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 man. Okay, I, all right, I get, 
He says, I introduced you to the power. Right. To get philosophical, I don't think, I don't know what I would do if one of our kids. I don't even want to think about it. I know. I know. We've had an incident with Gabby. Um, Unfortunately. Sounds (laughs) morbid. Don't, Don't frame it like that. Okay. She, well, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like it was your fault. No, we were walking from Twelve Oaks Mall to the parking lot where the Sears store was. Right. And we were walking to the car, and it was winter time, and the wind blew Gabby's scarf off. Uh-huh. And instinctually, she went to get it, and there was a car that turned. It was a red Durango, and it, it hit Gabby. And right. It, Screech on its brakes right after it hit her. And Gabby was okay, but the scarf was underneath the tire. Right. And so I can totally understand where you're coming from, from a standpoint of a parent. And seeing, seeing that, seeing your child get hit by a car right in front of you. And it was literally just a bump. Like a bump. Yeah, and not the car, the bumper, the front bunker, bumper knocked her over. But right. it ran over the scarf that she was getting. Right. Which, to me, that was like... Oh, I know. I got the phone call. You've never seen somebody drive 30 miles in the snow and rain faster than I had that day. It was it was so traumatizing. I used to get, like, panic attacks. She still can't go to the, past that point. Yeah, in the we mall. will not go to that, par- that uh, parking lot in the mall ever again. The guys, they put Gabby in the ambulance. They give her a little stuffed animal. And they said. A little help. Yeah. They said, you don't have a scratch on you. I think mom's more upset than you are. I know. And I was like hysterical. I remember. I remember. I was very early pregnant with CJ. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my hormones were. It was. Raging. It was the worst thing that a mother could experience, aside from, and that if something happened to her. Right. But it traumatizes you, and I I fully believe that I have PTSD because of that. Um, well, I would think so. I mean, because you, okay. For years after that, I couldn't tell somebody what happened without getting dizzy in my head. Well, because you felt guilty, because Gabby pulled away from your hand. When yeah, I mean you're and, you're her mom, and she was what four? Yeah, four or five. Yeah, yeah. If you're her mom, and she, I mean, and it happens every day. You see people cross the street, and they've got a four or five year old that are walking in front of them, mm-hmm. and it happens all the time. But it just so happened the wind blew her scarf off, and she wanted to go and get it, and for a split second. It happened in a split second. I know. Yeah. I fortunately, I mean, well, I don't want to say fortunately. Fortunately for me, I wasn't there, but I can totally empathize with how you felt that day. And because when I did get to the mall, like I said, you've never seen anyone drive in six inches of snow and rain faster than I had gotten there. And as a matter of fact, I think the cop actually asked me, how did you get here so fast? <laughs> I was like, dude, fucking 911 call, you know? He's like, yeah. like, fuck off. I'm getting here to my daughter, you know? Uh, and I think, well, it was Amy Rose that was with you. Yeah. And she said, you know, like, cut the dude some slack. His daughter was... Yeah, his daughter <laughs> was know? just hit by a car. So... And I was... <laughs> they were treating me like I was a patient, too. Because I was so hysterical. (laughs) You know, that was when I was still going through my... Yeah. I had, like... Issues. You were still figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Our history is really... We have a lot of history. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep. Deep thoughts by Jack Candy. We would be one of those couples that if... We found out that the other one was cheating. It wouldn't just end at divorce. <laughs> oh, I'd kill you. <laughs> I'd kill dead. you. I'd kill you. You'd kill me if you were cheating? No, you were. I wouldn't cheat. I wouldn't cheat. 
I'm fucking bald. What am I going to do? <laughs> I find your baldness beautiful. Part of who you are. That it is. For everybody that doesn't know, my wife has alopecia. She has alopecia. So I shave her head. And I'm not ashamed to shave her head. <laughs> and she has a collection of maybe, what, 40, 45 wigs? Mm-hmm. Um, she can change who she is on a daily basis. She can be her natural self. Like I've told, I've told Ben a million times, I have a hairstyle for every personality that I have. <laughs> Which is probably true. She has a hairstyle to match every voice in her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have a visual of what I can, I sense in my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't hear the voices, but you see the hair. I get, yeah, I get a sense of what's going on. Um. It's taken her a long time to come to terms with the fact that she has the alopecia and that she, and, oh my gosh, like, for the longest time, she would not accept the fact that she was going, that her hair was thinning, and then once she did, it was like a total 180, because she could, um, how do I want to say this? Like she could, she could embrace who she felt she really was. It was freedom on on a day to day basis. It was freedom because before and, that, I was so overcome with anxiety trying to cover it up mm-hmm. that I couldn't even concentrate on regular life. And then once I didn't have to worry about it anymore, it was like a freedom that you could never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she'd wear like uh like little hair. Like, yeah, I had powder. Yeah, little I, hair follicles. I put little uh powder fibers. Yeah, hair fibers on my head to try to cover up the bald spots and all that. But um, and now keep keep in mind this also was she was a a, a hairstylist at the time, so she was kind of embarrassed of. Well, yeah, you're a walking advertisement. Right. Even though hairstylists don't cut their own hair, but that's I always not... did. Well, yeah. That's when I true. had hair, I cut. actually you did. Yeah. She's anyway, a rare, she's uh, a rare example. Anybody that's suffering, like some, there's some people. I'm lucky. There's some people that actually have like um, alopecia areata, which is like no hair on their bodies at all. <laughs> the kind that I have just means that it has thinned. To the point where it's almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. Not that that's any better, obviously, but I love my wigs. I'm nice obsessed with them. We need to get you some good Halloween colory wigs. <laughs> some flowy wigs. I love them because if I'm feeling in a feisty mood, I can wear one kind. If I'm feeling in a toned down mood, I can wear another kind. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's actually, it's been very therapeutic, these wigs have been. So, for any of you out there that are struggling with hair loss, don't be ashamed. No, I will never go back to trying to cover up anything. Right. I mean, obviously, I try to cover up the wig, but... Well, she's covering her, yeah. her, her baldness, but yeah, I embrace it. Who yeah. cares about the movie? So, Gage dies, <laughs> Rachel dies... The only person that doesn't die is Ellie, uh, the daughter. And long story short, everybody comes back, kills somebody else, kills somebody else, kills somebody else. Yeah, the the rest of the movie, once <laughs> once Gage dies and he buries Gage in the pet cemetery and then Gage comes back and kills Judd, right. it's kind of like you tune out for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen. Right. What? I'm just thinking about you and me and talking and who cares about the movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I snorted again. <laughs> you know what? Oh man. I said it in the last uh, I said it in the last episode. My wife and I are going through a bit of a revolution 
a bit of a renewal, a bit of a re a renaissance. Is it a renaissance? Would you call it no, a renaissance? It's not. Let me look up the uh, definition. I don't know. We're we're just man. I'll tell you what. Okay, I'm gonna get a little emotional here. A couple of years ago, we had some issues, and her and I went through some struggle. Um, we were separated for a short bit of time, and I don't a know. revival of renewed interest in something. Okay, so it is a renaissance. Yeah. That's like, yeah, down to the down to the letter. Um so if you stuck around this far, yeah. We had some personal issue personal issues and we were away from each other for a short bit. And when we finally came back together, we got our shit figured out. We got each other figured out. Got our priorities straight. We got our priorities straight. Um so we know now, and we know who we are and what we want, and we didn't know that before. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I just feel I kind of mentioned it in the last episode, but her and I are so much closer now than ever before. Um, I feel like we're like we're dating again feel like we are in the honeymoon phase and i feel like we are in that uh i don't know it's like sanctuary of each other i feel like it's like life is too short right to worry about the incidentals right make memories be with the people that you love and who love you exactly make the best out of your time make it count exactly that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Make your life count. Every second of each day, make your life count. Because you never know what's going to be going to be taken away from you. Right. You just don't know. So if you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet everybody that's listening probably has seen the movie. They just want to see our what our opinions are of it. Right. Maybe. So, Maybe they don't care. I don't care. I like, know. You're, you're shit. So, okay, what's your gore score? Eight. Eight? Eight. Your gore score? Gore and violence? I know. As as much as it sounds off, the shoe in the road with the blood. Okay. To me, that's beyond. That was like. It speaks loud. Yeah. Right. Superfluous. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not superfluous. No, because it it matters. Yeah, that scene is Gage so getting hit by the car. Right, that scene is so profound. Score score eight. Okay, overall. Overall score. Mm-hmm. Mm, like how I like the movie. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Even though Rachel's a total Karen. And I, well, you have Ellie more hostile feelings. You have more hostile feelings towards them than I do. I told you okay. that. You like Rachel because she had short hair. Yeah, she has short hair. I always respect that in women. Okay. So, okay, for me, Gorse Girl would be about a five, maybe. And overall, I don't know, maybe a six. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't get past the bad acting. That's the bad acting well, that let's, kills it for me. Let's just say this. We're going to compare this. To the next movie, which should probably be the one that we're going to do. We will watch it. Barbara. Boyfriend coming home with the girl. The woman from Reanimator. Barbara Crampton. Yeah. The Mm. newer one, where her daughter brings a boyfriend home. Oh. uh, That would be a good one. You're next. Yeah, that would be a really good one. Yeah. Well, people want to know what you think about the sets. That's the okay. Asian one. Oh, we haven't seen it yet, right? I have. You have. Oh, well, guess we'll have to see it. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So yeah, I would give it a what did I say? Five on the gore score. Five overall. I think so. I think you said six. 
six, seven. <laughs> I don't even know. This whole damn podcast has been nothing but conversation, and I love it. <laughs> High five. <laughs> we were just talking about the other night how if we weren't married, we'd still be buddies. You know, yeah. I don't know how you can go from buddies to not having a turn romantic, but we would have. Well, I mean, you got the goo goo eyes for me. <laughs> got the goo goo eyes for you so it would be I an easy jump <laughs> <laughs> i only had the kavorka for you and you for me so anyway um yeah i dude totally i i don't even know what the hell this episode was about but <laughs> pet cemetery <laughs> it was supposed to be about pet cemetery but yeah so i hope you enjoyed our episode um yeah, go rate and view us on iTunes or rate us on uh, Spotify. Give us a five-star review. That would be totally awesome. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your enemies. You know and... what? Even if you hate us, leave a review because we love constructive criticism. Well, okay, to that point, I would say yes. If you're going to review us, review us on iTunes. If you're going to do it on Spotify because you can't do like a verbal not a verbal but like a text written review still give us a five uh, five star review on on uh, spotify um and if you listen to this and don't do anything about it fuck off <laughs> <laughs> um we don't want you as a listener anyway <laughs> yeah what she said so uh yeah it, man this has been a long one Hour and we're doing this not even for money we're doing this for our time and for our enjoyment so if you don't like it then fuck off rate us on itunes review us on itunes rate us on spotify rate us on stitcher be good to each other out there be safe stay away from the burial grounds of the micmac uh native <laughs> americans and um that's all i got for y'all so we'll see you next time and leave to you, darling. Bye, y'all. Love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you. Peace out.